It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Dealer No Deal Island host Joe Manganello, all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. If you lost Survivor and you're feeling down, David and Jessica will turn it around. They'll break down the rules and they'll show you how you played yourself and got voted out. This is why Blank lost. And this is why Blank lost. Oh, baby, this is why Blank lost. Welcome to this week's edition of Why Blank Lost. I'm David Bloomberg, and I know there's been a lot of confusion, so I just want to clarify that I am not the Bloomberg who may run for president. But (laughs) But that would be awesome. Well, if I did, my running mate would be that voice you just heard, my co-host Jessica Lewis. Score! I get to be vice president? You do? Nice. Oh, I like this. This is a good plan. I think we should start the campaign right now. We could do Rock the Vote. Oh, yeah. And then I I just want to see crowds of people chanting scheme and plot, (laughs) scheme and plot. It would be the best campaign ever. I really think it would be awesome. I think we'd have a lot of people behind us, at least reality TV stars behind us and fans of reality television shows. (laughs) But you never know. Look who won for president. I mean, we probably shouldn't get political, but there is. A guy who used to be on reality TV. Yeah, so... Reality TV Mark Burnett connection there. Right, so so this could work. This could definitely work. Okay, well, but for now, it's not. So I just want to clear that up for everybody who might have been confused. Uh, So instead, we should probably just talk about the Survivor episode this week. Yeah, we probably should. Uh, Yeah. So, you know, I predicted it would be a straightforward vote, and that's exactly what it was. Completely straightforward. Nothing at all surprising, right? No, really. You were... So wrong. I do hey. believe I'm the one who said that two idols were going to be played. You did. So at least I got that. And I also didn't think it was going to be Dean. So Correct. I, I picked Kelly, even though Kelly's the one who kind of threw the wrench in the work. So at least I was kind of in the right ballpark a little bit. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I did correctly predict that it was a misdirect when the preview showed Jeff Probst saying they'd never had a tribal council like this because it it turned out he wasn't even talking about a voting situation, but rather about the discussion of the women's alliance and sexism and all of that. And, Mm -hmm. but the funny thing is we really hadn't had a tribal council like this with the way the planning and the voting went down. Yes. Especially since we actually saw the moment that Kelly had the epiphany. I think oh, yeah. that's a first, too. That was incredible. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, that, yeah, that was hysterical to watch her as the wheels were turning. Mm-hmm. That was great. Great TV uh, moment. Loved it. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not going to lie. I thought I was about to lose Jamal. At uh-huh. not, not, not for the first time. And, you know, him talking so much about feeling safe made me scared. Yes. Uh, luckily. Well, luckily for me, not not so much for Jack. Uh, it was it was once again an ally of Jamal's who got booted instead of him. So anytime Jamal goes into a tribal council saying, "I feel completely safe," if you're one of his allies, run. Yeah, really. Yeah, you should definitely be like chanting, "Vote out Jamal, not me." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although his allies is the list is dwindling. I don't yes. know if he really has any left. <laughs> Uh, maybe Nora, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> you know, but but I do have a question. Okay. Why the heck is Jack on the jury? There, there are people on the other tribe he hasn't even met. This is I the know. same complaint I've had before in similar situations. So I know people have heard this before, but I still hold on to it. It can automatically bias a juror in favor of someone they know rather than someone they don't. And that isn't fair. And also, uh, Sierra brought up on the voicemail uh, podcast that it it can work the other way, too, because there might have been some people who, you know, work to blindside a juror. And then there are 
people who they've never even met. So mm-hmm. it, it, the bias can go either way. But in either case, it's it's still bias that shouldn't be there. Yes, I agree. It's If you're going to be on the jury, you should have been exposed to everybody that could potentially be sitting in those final three spots or two. You know, if they decide to change things up, who knows? But it's one of those things that I do agree that it doesn't make any sense to already have him on the jury because, yeah, he doesn't know everyone who could potentially be sitting there. So he's going to be making a decision not based on the game that he saw them play, but based on tribal council discussions. And what other people coming to Ponderosa are going to tell him. So I don't think that that's getting a complete picture about that person because it's not based on a direct interaction with that person. So I don't like it. Yep. Yep. I agree. And so uh, so that was my little soapbox speech for today. OK, that was a short one, too. We did it better this time. <laughs> well, the other thing is I've I've kind of been on that soapbox before. So, mm-hmm. you know, I just have to have a little reminder plug in there. Yep. So, you know, with that with that behind us, it's uh, about time to go through my rules and evaluate how Jack did using all the information available from what we saw on TV, plus interviews and clips from CBS All Access. As a reminder, anyone who wants to follow along can find the latest version of my rules at robhaswebsite.com slash blog slash survivor rules. Or you can get the shorter and much more colorful version in poster form at tinyurl.com slash David Rules Poster. Yes, and we have been selling them continuously. They are going like hotcakes. So if you want one, please order. I will definitely get it to you even if you are outside of the United States. You can contact me through Twitter. You can DM me and we'll make it happen. But yeah, it looks great in a frame. And I really, the the comments that people have been making about it, just we can say all we want about how beautiful it is. But then when other people receive it and say how great it is, then you really know that it's a, it's a great purchase. It's only $20. So enjoy it, buy it and love it and hang it up. And everyone will know that you love Survivor and David Bloomberg and his rules. <laughs> that's, that's the first step. Uh, I'm going to turn those into a campaign poster. Yeah. See, oh my gosh, we're already there. Oh, this is I, so I good. We're, we're, yep. It's close. It's happening. <laughs> Ah, well, anyway, uh, getting back, uh, you know, getting back away from politics again, uh, even pretend politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, although, you know, when you think about it, this whole game is based on voting. And uh, as a matter of fact, this this vote seemed to come somewhat out of left field. But we should be used to that by now this season. It, it just keeps happening. Mm-hmm. And really, it came out of Kelly's mind that, as you mentioned, we saw it right on camera. It was incredible. Now, in some ways, yeah. In some ways, this narrows things down because instead of worrying about what everyone on the tribe wanted, we can really focus on Kelly's point of view. Mm-hmm. And with that in mind, it's time to figure out why Jack lost. We'll start with the first rule, which, of course, talks about the need to scheme and plot. And one thing this rule emphasizes is the need to start right away. But Jack had a bit of a delay in that regard. He told Mike Bloom in his parade interview while he was connecting socially to everyone early on, none of it was strategic, which was the reason that he was left out on the first vote, because nobody knew who he was actually aligned with or what his strategy was, because in his own words, he had no strategy for the first couple of days. He added that he just wanted to be a fun-loving dude who made everyone laugh and smile so they wouldn't want to vote him out. But he realized after the Molly vote, that wasn't how his tribe worked. They wanted actual strategy. Uh, He said, quote, on day six, I realized I had to play the game. So Jack was a little bit behind in this regard. Yeah, but I also think that Jack was kind of falling into that same place that we saw Molly, where even though in his mind he wasn't scheming and plotting and wasn't strategizing, everyone on the outside looking in thought that he was because he was one of the three, Jamal, Jack and Molly, that uh were thought to be kind of running the show and that those three were a tight duo. I think in Jack's mind, he just thought he was making friends, but in the tribe's mind, he was making an alliance with Molly and Jamal. So it almost kind of backfired for him really because he wasn't playing the game. Yeah, I do think that it backfired uh, for him. And it, it also taught him, I think that he needed to be strategic because everyone assumed he was anyway, you know, according to, what what you're saying there and so he he had to kind of move on that now 
despite not being strategic right away, he did say in interviews that he and Jamal made a deal to lock themselves in on day three. But and then after that Molly vote, because, you know, Jack realized, oh, my gosh, I have to do something. They they did everything from a strategic standpoint together. Mm -hmm. So when we saw Jamal talking about voting out Dan, Jack said it was actually his idea. And he had the same conversations as Jamal did. And then he said the two of them went into the swap willing to flip depending on the circumstances. But once they saw the way they were up five to three in their tribe, it didn't make sense to do that. As he said to Mike Bloom, why make a big move right now and compromise relationships before the merge? Hmm. Why indeed? <laughs> but uh, that's that, that. Yeah, that's a very good question for a number of players on this cast. <laughs> but we'll get to that in Appendix A. We don't want to spoil anything. Uh, for now, just looking at Jack, you know, he was right, especially from his perspective. He talked in interviews about the alliances and sub-alliances he had on New Lero, noting that he and Jamal were inseparable. Uh, Kelly and Janet were allies, the next level out. And then they had Karishma and Nora. And he thought they had six who wanted to go strong together into the merge. And then he had those sub-alliances within that six. And he and Jamal intended to connect with who they could at the merge. And if they didn't need the six, fine. Uh, but if he did, then then great. And yeah. he knew he would reconnect with Tommy and get connected to others that way as well. So once he kicked into scheming and plotting mode, he had tons of plans. He did have a lot of plans. And I do think, though, that he would likely not have gotten as much credit for those plans as someone like Jamal. And I think we're going to get there as we continue to talk on this podcast is why he was he was chosen over Jamal as that vote from Kelly. But I do think that Jamal is the one that presented himself more as the schemer plotter, the one who's really kind of coming up with plans and Jack's kind of like the sidekick. So it might have been a difficult place for him to end up if he had stayed in the game and continued all the way to the end to really assert himself as the one who was scheming and plotting even though he really was once he realized he had to, because he's the second to someone who has a much stronger, more dominant personality. So that's something that I I think Jack struggled with a little bit. You got to have a number two. You need to have someone who's going to be playing the game with you. But you also need to be mindful of who that person is and what kind of effect they're going to have on the perception of your game. And I think he might have been perceived as kind of being the second to Jamal. Yeah, I, it's so hard to say because we're basing that in part on what we saw on TV. Mm -hmm. And like he said, I had the same conversations about voting out Dan and it was my idea. And we saw on TV that it was that it was Jamal. So right. that immediately puts us in the mindset that, aha, Jamal was pushing this because we didn't know anything about what Jack was doing. Right. And that's and that's the problem with the edit is that's what we're seeing. And that's what we're trying to base things on, which is why the. Exit interviews are great to try to put that in perspective. So who knows if that would have been the perception, but it does seem to be interesting that Jack was the chosen one over Jamal. If the perception that we have is that Jamal's really leading the charge when maybe that's really not what the tribe was thinking or someone like Kelly wasn't thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, we'll get to that more as we go on here. I know. I'm just um, so anxious to get there. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, there was one aspect that we didn't see on TV, you know, speaking of which, uh, but which Jack talked about in interviews because he had what he called a tumultuous relationship with Kelly. Uh, there were times he trusted her and times he didn't. And he would vacillate back and forth. Turns out not trusting her would have been the way to go. Mm -hmm. Well, but Kelly made it sound like the exact opposite, that she did trust Jack. Right. And, you know, so it's interesting that he didn't trust her, but she trusted him. So, yeah, clearly they had they were getting a different vibe from each other. Right. Now, another aspect of strategy that came up in Jack's interviews that kind of straddles the line between this rule and the seventh rule. I figured I might as well bring it up now. The seventh rule generally deals with what to do if you have an idol. But Jack's situation brings up an interesting point about deciding if and when to split the vote if you think someone else might have an idol. Mm -hmm. Jack, Jack said in interviews that he brought up to Jamal whether the two of them should split the vote just in case Dean had an idol because uh, their two votes would have been enough to ensure safety. But they both decided it wasn't worth it because they, it would have meant putting two votes on someone 
who was supposed to be an ally going into the merge. And obviously, if Dean had an idol, he would have played it in the prior tribal council. Now, all of that made complete logical sense. And I can't fault them for looking at it from a long-term standpoint, even though it ended up that, yeah, splitting the vote would have been the right thing to do. Yeah. I mean, the fact that he didn't play the idol before really did, I think, have, have an effect on everybody because it was even said at tribal council. Like, why didn't he play it last time? Right. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I think that it did make sense that they talked through it and tried to kind of work all the numbers. So they clearly thought about it and what they did think about made sense. Yeah. All right, so headed into the second rule here, it says not to scheme and plot too much. Now, Jack was part of that supposed power trio that you brought up uh, when Molly was voted out. And looking back at what we said uh, about why Molly lost reminds us again of that perception at the time. Mm -hmm. But as we discussed, since then, Jack went out of his way to make new strategic bonds so he wouldn't be perceived as being in opposition to others. And the problem is that Kelly knew that Jack had relationships from original Vokai that would be rekindled at the merge. And while Jack had a good plan to potentially use those allies to make new ones at the merge, Kelly, for her part, had a good read on the possibility that he would do exactly that. Mm -hmm. Plus, it was clear that Jack was in a strong duo with Jamal, which we have to remember is obvious scheming. And Kelly even said one of them had to go. Yeah, I mean, this really comes down to Kelly's determining factors, like what's going to happen come the merge and who is going to be working with who, who's going to be rekindling those bonds. And I mean, one of the things that she did, she did say about Jack was basically how he's super fun and empathetic and gets along with everybody. And I think going into the merge, that's, that was a concern for her because that is someone who can come back together with people that he played the game with before and form bonds with people that he hadn't played the game with before. So I think that she was relying on that read very heavily as to what's going to benefit her in the merge. Someone like Jamal, who has mm, not really gotten along with everybody. Sorry, David, <laughs> but there seems to be some issues there and yeah. uh, is causing some turmoil within the tribe or do you want someone like jack who's this fun loving guy that everybody seems to get along with i feel like that's really weighed heavily on kelly's decision oh yeah definitely definitely okay well before we go on to the rest of the rules let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors if there are any for your area if not we'll be back even quicker we're back so let's go on to the third rule which talks about being flexible at the risk of being a bit redundant with some of the things we talked about in the first rule, how do you think Jack did here? I think he had to become flexible. And you did talk about how he realized he needed to start playing the game six days in and form those relationships and, and figure out new alliances and people he can work with because of his inability to play the game in the first six days, but the perception that he was playing the game. So I think it was, it forced him to have to be flexible and forced him to have to play a strategic game that he didn't necessarily want to play that early on in the game. Yeah, I agree. We talked about all that already and all of those are great examples of being flexible. So I think we could just move on to the fourth rule, which tells players not to let their emotions control them. I didn't see any problems here with Jack. Did you? No, he's just such a nice guy. I mean, they're really... There really wasn't anything that I saw him do that was outlandish or that was, I mean, even when we had that moment with he and Jamal, which that could have turned into um, kind of an emotional response. There was a response to it, but it was very well thought through and handled in a very, you know, incredible fashion. So I think he really had his emotions in check and was able to approach the game very straightforward, but also from a genuine place. So I don't think I don't think his emotions cause any problems for him in playing the game. If anything, it helps. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I I agree. Um, you know, even even the situation with Dean, I think he liked Dean more than perhaps some of the others he was aligned with. But he knew that voting out Dean was the strategically correct thing to do. Mm -hmm. Now it obviously didn't work out, but it, it showed that his thinking was on the right track. Yeah, for sure. 
So we can uh, keep moving along here to the fifth rule, which discusses how players should pretend to be nice and play the social game. And we were just talking about, you know, he did a very good job here. In fact, he may have done too good a job, Mm -hmm. but we can discuss that in the next rule. For now, though, I think we can note that Jack told Mike Bloom he connected with everyone early on, sat down with each person on original Vokai just to talk about them personally with questions like, what is your dream job? What do you want to do in the future? Uh, What are you happy about in your life right now? He said he made very strong and emotional one-on-one connections. Yeah, and he even described himself, one of his, you know, three words that he would choose to describe himself, and one was social, which is interesting. Yeah, there you go, yeah. You don't see that very often, that someone actually describes himself as social. But I agree. I think that he he's one of those people that, uh, is just a genuinely likable person and comes across as someone who is interested in the other person and the manner in which he speaks to them and how he presents himself. So I do think that he was able to make those connections and form those bonds, which is probably why he didn't even realize that the perception of it was he was being strategic. I think he was just being who he was. And that's just a nice guy making friends. And unfortunately, in Survivor, that turns into an alliance and you're being sneaky and you're scheming and plotting when you're really just trying to get to know people and you've made a, you know, a connection with someone. So I think that's just a natural inclination or something for him that he's just very good at just forming relationships. And unfortunately, I think that was a big part of why he went home. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that leads us like I was hinting uh, directly to the sixth rule, which warns against being too much of a threat. And those kinds of relationships, both personal and strategic, can certainly be a threat. In this particular situation, Kelly was the one making the decision. And she said in her confessional, I think I mentioned earlier, there were basically two options, Jack or Jamal. And, you know, Jack, she said, was extremely good with people. Uh, You mentioned it, uh, very empathetic, super fun. And she knew she could trust him. But she added that it wasn't smart to keep him in the game when he was so connected to other people. Comparatively, that wasn't the case with Jamal, even though she didn't really connect with Jamal, as we saw with the firemaking, you know, and she trusted him less. It was a strange situation that having better bonds created a worse situation for Jack. But that's what this rule is about, standing out as being too good. And to Kelly, Jack was just too good to keep around. Yeah, I think that Jack would have been an interesting person to see at the merge because he would have been one of those players. And I don't say this because I I'm being, I'm being um, disrespectful how he was playing the game, but that you could almost forget about as another player, just because he was just, he's so likable and so nice that you're not looking at him like you are Jamal, where you think that he's trying to work out all of these plans. And again, this is just what we've seen on, on the television and we've, we've, heard him say about himself is that he's just one of those people that is likable and gets along with people and is willing to have conversations. So he's not someone that you're going to have some type of an emotional reaction to, like we've seen with Jamal, where I can't, you know, I can't stand his comments and he's, you know, he's so oppressive and the different things, the way that he treats me and the things that he said. So People are starting to dislike being around Jamal as opposed to Jack. Well, Jack's just there and Jack's just a nice guy. So he's the type of player that could maneuver his way through the merge very nicely. And all of a sudden, here he is at the end and everyone goes, oh, wait, what about Jack? (laughs) Because he's just a nice guy that didn't really give anybody any reason to focus on him. But who knows? Maybe he would have done great in challenges. I don't know. But I do think that He is one of those type of people that wouldn't have been perceived as a threat for his strategic gameplay, but he was perceived as a threat from Kelly because of his social gameplay, his ability to potentially sit in that final three and just be really well liked. And that in and of itself can cause people to be seen as a threat just in a different way. Yeah. You know, who knew Jamal by being uh, kind of snotty with Nora? And I, I don't know what the hell was going on with that whole fire situation with Kelly. He he may have saved himself. Yeah, right. It's so weird because that's that's not usually what we see. But Kelly had to pick. Do, you, do I want to go forward with the guy I like or do I want to go forward with the guy I don't like? I'm going to pick the guy I don't like. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very interesting game move. Yeah. 
All right. So the seventh rule covers idols and advantages. And while Jack never got one, we do have to look at both whether he was looking and what he might have been able to do after Dean seemingly seemingly pulled one out of thin air. Did you see what Jack said in his Entertainment Weekly interview about looking for idols? That he never looked? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, never. Because he assumed since there was this island of the idols, there was no reason to look. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, I mean, same thing we criticized Tom for, you know, a couple weeks ago, that until he saw Dean and Jamal play idols, he didn't even know if idols were in the game. But if they were, they were at the island of the idols. And, oh, yes, you know, uh, but uh, he at least said, at least according to him, nobody else was looking either, just Jamal. Um, Now, whether that's true or not, uh, who knows? I mean, Jamal was the one who found one. Right. Uh, But it's, come on, at this point in Survivor, you have to presume that idols will always be in play. Yes, and there'll be about 10 of them. So look. Right. (laughs) I I mean, yes, there are many fans who would love to see a back to basic season without them. I I can't imagine that will ever happen. I I just don't think it'll ever happen. And on top of that, you know, this season is literally Island of the Idols. So how Mm -hmm. could they not have any idols? I, I mean, yeah. Yeah, no, it would. That was unfortunate. I mean, like you said, he did at least process this idea that if Dean had an idol, but he would have already played it. So at least he was thinking in that route. But at the same time, Dean never went to the island of the idols. So why would Dean even have one in Jack's way of thinking? You know that you're the only time right. you're going to get one if you go there. So then he needs to look at the people who have actually been. So it seems odd that he would have surmised that Dean didn't have one because he didn't play it but he never went so why would he even have one so yes obviously that was a big blunder for him and he also did talk about how he should have piped up at tribal council and said jamal play that for me and he didn't do that either so once he saw what was happening dean played an idol and he started to process oh there's some stuff going down i think i might be in trouble that he should have said jamal play that for me but he was concerned if it was going to be jamal so he was thinking through things, but unfortunately, not in the correct fashion. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I, I, I know he said that, and but he, he said he was he was going to tell him play it for me, not Nora. But then he was concerned it might be Jamal. Right. Well, if he's playing it on Nora, it doesn't matter if it's Jamal anyway. So right. if, if you know if he was going to play it for someone else, then you know always say play it on me. Right. I, I mean, you know, and. and The other thing is, though, I I think that it's a lot easier in hindsight to say that because I I don't think he really did have much reason to think he would be the target. Mm -hmm. But if you have any thought that it might be you and you can get someone to play an idol to keep you safe, try it. You have nothing to lose. Literally nothing to lose. Mm -hmm. Yep. So. Yeah. All right. Well, now we get to Appendix A, which is about the rest of the tribe keeping their end goals in mind when voting. And this has been a huge topic of conversation this week, especially as it pertains to the person who orchestrated the move, Kelly. Mm -hmm. It was certainly a flashy move. It was a big move. It was a move that was fun to watch on TV. But was it a good long-term move for her? And what's her long-term plan? Rob said multiple times in podcasts this week that it was too early for this move. And I tend to agree. Uh, but Kelly said she really liked Dean and wanted to work with him. Plus she didn't want the idol to go to waste. Now this is an interesting statement because for a while, many people have been saying if they're going to give out so many idols, they should have a limited time on them to keep the game from getting too idol heavy. Mm -hmm. But it seems like this had the unintended consequence of causing Kelly to play her idol when she otherwise almost certainly wouldn't have. I, I can't imagine that Kelly would have created this plan if her idol were of the permanent variety and she could have kept it to use for herself later in the game if necessary. Oh, I agree 100%. I feel like it was kind of burning a hole in her pocket and she didn't yes. want it to go to waste. And in my head, I'm thinking, then just keep it and use it as a spoof later. You know, you can you could fake somebody out and, Hey, look, I have an idol and I've got this note that came along with it. So it looks legit, even though it's really doesn't 
actually look legit. <laughs> you know? Did she have a note? I don't know. Did I don't know that she did have a note. She, no, they had. It, she, oh, that's right. Because she got it at the Island yeah. of the Idol. So maybe there wasn't. Mm, that's interesting. Good point. And well, it probably it probably looked more real than the janky one that Mike Bloom picked that Jamal played. I know, you know but they so both probably would have been. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but needless to say, um, yeah, I mean, she could have tried to just save it for later and pretend like it was an idol that she could have used later. There's other I mean, there's things that you can do with an idol, even when it doesn't have power anymore. It still has power if you want to pretend that it's still an idol that can be used. I, I do think that it was a matter of, I don't want this to go to waste in her ideas. I need to use it. But I do think that by using it, she has really done herself in. I don't think that it was beneficial for her at all because of the people that she has now mm, negatively affected by making this move. I really think it's going to come back to bite her. Yeah, exactly. Because she did, uh, she did a very good job of acting in Tribal mm-hmm. Council. Yep. But two different people can blow her cover now, Nora and Dean. I can't imagine that Nora is going to be able to keep her mouth shut about the vote she cast because she can't keep her mouth shut about anything. Mm-hmm. But, you know, especially since I would think that suspicion will fall on her after Karishma denies it. As yeah. for Dean, you know, Cass pointed out on the recap podcast that Kelly gave him too much power because now he can tell everyone what happened and basically destroy Kelly's game if he so chooses. Now, he might be loyal, just as you were loyal to David Wright on your season after he saved you with an idol. Mm -hmm. But Dean seems more likely to find himself in a bad situation where he might be able to use this information to his advantage, which could far offset the usefulness of keeping him around. Yes. And in the meantime, I mentioned earlier that Kelly said, She knew she could trust Jack. Well, how many times have we heard and you have said Survivor is a game of trust? Yet Kelly created this complex plan specifically designed to vote out somebody she trusted. Yes. And I think there's a really big difference here in what Kelly did versus what David did in my season, because David was in a situation where he didn't have a whole lot of people in his corner. He had Ken and that was it. And so by playing an idol for me, he then gained my trust and where things were falling in that in our tribe at that point in time, it was beneficial to him to grab one more person. And of course, I was going to be loyal to him because I saw what was transpiring with the people that had been playing the game with me. Whereas you've got Kelly in a situation that she had people that were close to her already that wanted to work with her. She had Nora coming to her. She had Karishma coming to her. She's obviously had a relationship with Jack that they trusted each other and got along well. Yes, there's this component of Dean that she wanted to play with Dean. But the amount of people that she's now turned on in order to save one person, the numbers just don't add up. She had Janet. I mean, there was there was a group of people, a core group of people that really she had on her side. The only person she didn't was Jamal. And she took all of those people that were playing this game with her and kind of tossed them aside and gained Dean. Maybe if Dean even decides he wants to be close to her because Dean has other people on, you know, he has his old Laro tribe, so he doesn't necessarily need Kelly. So Kelly has put herself in a very precarious situation because she's going to have to recreate or rebuild these bonds with people that she already had bonds with. And I know someone, it was Lauren who actually said it in this past episode, that it's very hard to trust people who have told you one thing and do another. And I think that's where Kelly is going to find herself in the next, when we see the next episode, when everybody comes together, because she's going to have a lot of explaining to do. Yeah, well, I mean, I I hear people. Okay, I don't really hear people, but I, I imagine that I hear people right now as they're listening to this saying, but... Nobody knows Kelly did it, but they're going to so figure it guys, out. Exactly. Because even if somehow both Nora and Dean keep their mouth shut, I don't think it'll be that much of a mystery because Jack told Mike Bloom that he immediately suspected Kelly mm-hmm. because she seemed really close to Dean and they hung out at the beach a lot. Now, again, this could be 2020 hindsight now that he knows what happened. 
But I, I really think it's something that other people could have noticed as well, especially if Jack talked about it with, for example, Jamal, who they always bounced ideas off of. Mm-hmm. It's it's it, I think it may be so blatant that even Detective Dean could solve this mystery if he weren't a part of it. Yes. And the and the other component of it, too, is going to be the idols is that Kelly went to Island of the Idols. We know Janet went to Island of the Idols and we went we know Nora went. So those three people. If anyone had an idol from Island of the Idols and could have given it to Dean, it would have been one of those three. Now, maybe Dean found it not at Island of the Idols. If they want to believe that, yes, there are some hidden here, too. And Jamal could potentially believe that because he found one. But I think that Jamal is going to be smart enough to realize it had to have come from someone who went to the Island of the Idols. And it certainly wasn't Janet that was voting out Jack because they had a like mother son type of relationship and he even gave him he gave janet his jacket when he left so clearly janet didn't turn her back on jack and then you're going to have this issue with nora because he played an idol from nora so nora is going to feel like she needs to explain things to jamal i think as to where her jack boat came from if she wants to own that she did it so i do think that there's going to be a lot of talk about what happened and once jamal actually figures it all out i think he is going to share it with everybody because i just think that he's he reaffirmed a relationship with nora that we saw going very badly nora was very much done with jamal and i think now with him playing that idol for her that's going to kind of rebond them and it's really going to work against kelly because i think nora is going to feel like Kelly took advantage of her by using her as part of her plan because I don't think she was completely honest with Nora. Yeah, that's possible. Um, I'll have more thoughts once we get done discussing the Kelly uh, situation about the, you know, Jamal using the idol on, on Nora. But um, I, yeah, I, I don't know if Nora will feel that or not. Um, I, I don't know what Nora feels or thinks. It's, well, it's, I don't either. It's, it's one it's of those a dangerous. It's a dangerous path to go down trying to get into her head. Um, but as, as for the Kelly move, Jack himself had some thoughts on it, uh, as you might expect he would, since, you know, uh, he was the one knocked out by it. He said in interviews that you should play Survivor in stages and not too far in advance. He said that you know, that will be always his big critique of Kelly's move because he learned that she was so concerned about him at the end, but it should have been a step-by-step process, uh, you know, it worried more about the here and now and making shorter term deals. I understand and partially agree with what Jack is saying, but we do have to remember that this rule or rather this appendix is indeed about setting yourself up for the long-term game. So if Jack was truly too big of a long-term threat to keep him around, then fine, get rid of him. I, you know, that is correct. I just don't see it though. I, I don't think he was such a big threat that it was worth Kelly risking her whole game to get rid of him at this point. And I have to wonder if Kelly's view on just how big a threat he was could have been skewed by the expiring idol, like you said earlier, burning a hole in his her pocket. Mm-hmm. No, I really think that that was a huge part of it. And I think that. It's a, it's kind of a strange dynamic that was happening between Dean and Kelly as well because of this ex-girlfriend thing. I feel like that's like that had some strange effect on how she was looking at the situation because she felt like she had some connection with him outside of the game. But I, I so I think there was a lot of very weird components that were coming together in Kelly's mind in determining whether or not she should do this. And it was things that she probably shouldn't have been focusing on, like some ex-girlfriend who they're both friends with connection and this expiring idol that's in her pocket. And this fact that Jack might end up really being socially like lovable in this game and a threat way down the line. Yeah. I think all of those things were, it was the wrong focus too soon. And there were things that she was considering that she just shouldn't have even been thinking about. And I, I do think that it was it was a move that didn't need to be made. And 
she's going to be wanting that idol, I think, very, very soon. But she's not going to have it. She couldn't use it anyway. So it's going to be rough. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, all in all, I have to come down on you know, the same side as you saying that the move, I mean, it was fun to watch, uh, especially since we got to see that light bulb moment. Sure. But I, I, I think it was unnecessary and it may seriously damage her game going forward. Yeah, maybe, maybe she'll prove me wrong. The only thing that she could have done that I think if she wanted to do this move that might have been beneficial to her in a better way if she would have decided to go against Jamal as opposed to Jack, because she knew that there were people who were not enjoying Jamal at this point and couldn't wait to see Jamal being taken out of the game. Now, Janet granted was saying, no, it's too soon for that. I mean, Janet was kind of a voice of reason and I wish she had listened to her too soon for that. She was talking about Jamal in reference to uh, the, I think Nora was the one talking about, you know, taking Jamal out. Mm -hmm. But I think at least she could have justified it being Jamal because of the way that Jamal was treating her, the way that Jamal was treating Nora or the way that Jamal was coming across and just really kind of uh, causing some anxiety at camp and, that would have, I think, been a better play for her because there would have been more of a justification. She doesn't really have that right now because the only thing she can say about Jack is, well, everybody really liked Jack. And that's why I want him to go home. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it, I think you've, you've really negatively affected relationships that you have with people when you don't have something that makes sense for them to look at and go, oh, yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, no, Jamal was being, a little hypocritical around camp or he was being a little, um, you know, just kind of, I think I keep going to the word oppressive. I think that's what Nora said. You give them something that other people can get behind and they could say, I understand this move. They're not going to understand. So maybe if she had said, let's take out Jamal instead of Jack, she could have had a better argument as to why. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah, I guess. I guess we'll see. Um, you know, I, I, like I said, it was fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And I know she got like the Reddit player of the, the week again. I think it's like her third time. Uh, you know, based on that, I, I just think it's going to come back to bite her. Oh, uh, I agree. I we've been proven wrong agree. so many times before, but um, it, it just it, it doesn't look good in in my opinion. Yeah. So with the Kelly question answered. Um, you know, I mentioned we're, we're going to also ask whether Jamal did the right thing in burning his idol for Nora, of all people. Um, clearly, Jamal expected Dean to vote Nora because he and Jack told him to vote that way. And if Dean had voted that way, then the idol would have created a zero zero tie among everyone else. They would have revoted, presumably for Karishma, thus eliminating another original Lairo. Uh, but I just don't think it was a good idea. You know, yeah, Nora was at least supposedly an ally for Jamal. And yes, this showed goodwill between them, even though they had uh, a strained relationship. But this is Survivor and Nora is crazy. So even if he really had saved her, I can't imagine she would have suddenly become his number one ally. If he would have just kept that idol in his pocket and the vote really had gone against Nora, he would have lost an ally. But at that point, Karishma was an ally, too. So did it even really matter? Remember, Jack listed Nora and Karishma in that third ring of alliances. So they were essentially equal. Yeah. You know, and, and he would have still had an idol that was so secret that even Jack didn't know about it. And all of the things that Nora was saying at Tribal Council, even though he was unaware of the things that she had been saying in her confessionals about him specifically, he heard everything that she said at tribal council and even reaffirmed what he thought was happening in this all woman's alliance and, and Nora actually bringing up Jamal's name. He was really like honing in on that and paying very close attention to what she was saying. And he seemed to be processing it like, huh, isn't that interesting? And then his response to she's targeting me. She wants all of the women to bond together and, and I'm not one of the women, and so I'm not inclusive in that group. 
And as he's having all of these things swimming around, which you can see him figuring out, he still plays an idol for Nora. <laughs> it's like, this is someone that you know is potentially targeting you or has and admitted to doing so. And yet you want to save her. Yeah. I, and I've got two thoughts about that for the saving her part. I think that Jamal is just kind of a healer type personality. And I know we didn't see that with the fire and I know we didn't see that with the rice, but whenever he has time, you know, like the whole situation with Jack, mm-hmm. and then I, I, I think he wanted to just heal the rifts there. And Possible. I know I, I, I sound kind of sappy saying that, but it, it just seems to be his personality. No, and I um, get that because he did sound very, he, he has a, a very incredible presence about himself when he speaks. And he does seem to be thinking through things as he's talking, which I think is really an incredible character trait for someone to have because he's recognizing it's almost like I'm listening to what you're saying and I hear you, but I want to talk about this, too. And he he's very good at doing that. And so I do understand that idea that he wanted to try to somehow fix this rift between he and Nora. And he thought that maybe this would do it. But like you've said, I don't know if that will change Nora's mind. It might. And Nora might say, wow, I'm going to tell Jamal everything that I've been doing because he just wasted an idol on me. But it it might not. Nora might just be like, well, whatever. You wasted an idol. You didn't need to. And this is the way I'm going to play my game. So, yeah, I can understand him thinking that. But at the same time, it is Nora. And we don't know how Nora is going to respond to this. Or anything ever. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, I did think it was pretty funny. Uh, you were talking about uh, at tribal council when he was like, Jeff, you should ask Nora if she has ever spoken about a women's alliance. Mm-hmm. And and Jeff turned around and mimicked his exact hand motions. Yes. I was dying. That was great. It was very it was a great moment. That whole tribal council was really quite incredible. It, it, it was a great tribal oh, yeah. council. Yeah. 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 All right. So. We've gone through everything and uh, spent as much time discussing uh, Kelly as we have Jack, I think. But I know. she was she was the one who uh, who put this all together. So with everything we've talked about, what are your final thoughts? I want to go back to something that Jack said about himself when he was interviewed pregame. And it was, why do you think you'll survive Survivor? And his response was, I can navigate anyone in every social scenario. I understand I will be a target for people, and I do not take that lightly. I will get rid of anyone I view as a threat to me without moral qualms. At the same time, I will be intentional in trying to remain more in the background and not viewed as a threat. Finally, if it came to life or death in a challenge, my smarts, physical ability, and focus will always make me a fierce competitor. I thought that was a very interesting answer, considering now that we've seen his game. I think Jack was doing exactly what Jack wanted to do. And he was playing the game in a way that he didn't think he was going to be perceived as a threat because he was making social connections and creating strong ties with individuals. He was willing to vote people out and cut them, as he said, as we saw him discussing with Dean, how he was willing to take out Dean, even though he was sitting there having a conversation with Dean, assuring Dean he was not voting him out. So I do think that he was playing the game that he really wanted to play. But unfortunately, because he was playing that game, that's what actually made him a threat. He was likable. He was someone who formed relationships, who was kind of in the background because he wasn't scheming and plotting out in the open and being very vocal about it. He was really focusing on the social component of the game. And Kelly saw that. And Kelly focused on that. And that is why Kelly decided to pick Jack over Jamal, someone who people aren't really getting along with, someone who is seen as more of a threat to the tribe and also playing the game a little more hardcore than someone like Jack. But for Jack, the social component of his game is what became the threat to Kelly. And unfortunately, it really did backfire for him. And so I think that his plan going into this game was a good one. But that's the plan that ultimately took him out of this game. Yeah. You know, I, you know, like, like we said, 
Jack didn't start out the game with a strategic mindset, or at least he didn't put it into action. But once he saw what was happening around him, he kicked it into gear and turned many of the friends he'd made into allies he could rely on. At the swap, he was even thinking of alliances and sub-alliances and ways he could be flexible to provide himself the best chance of moving forward. But Kelly was one person in particular with whom he had an on-again, off-again strategic relationship. Under normal circumstances, I think he would have been right to rely on her to do the logical thing and get rid of Dean. But these were not normal circumstances. Kelly had an idol burning a hole in her pocket, and it was only still good for this tribal council. She couldn't just let it, in her words, go to waste. So she came up with a plan to get rid of someone she didn't want around long term and potentially make an ally who was indebted to her. We've talked about how that might turn out, but that will be a story for another day. Jack said in one of his interviews that his downfall was because, quote, Kelly knew how close I was with people on the other side going into the merge. From what we saw her say, he's right. Kelly didn't expect to move forward long term with Jamal or Jack, despite what they thought. And while she didn't get along with Jamal, she felt that Jack was the bigger threat. While he was making plans about possible new allies, Kelly saw how he might be able to do exactly what he was thinking of doing. To Kelly, he had to be dealt with sooner or later, and she chose sooner. She saw Jack as too dangerous because of his strategic and social relationships as they were barreling toward the merge. What seemed to be a positive for him was turned into a negative because it was too obvious. And that is why Jack lost. There we are. <sighs> so, yes, there we are. And, of course, we've said quite a bit about us thinking that this is not going to be a net positive for Kelly. Mm-hmm. And now we come to the predictions part where mm. we determine, well, do we think that'll affect her right away? On top of that, next week is the merge plus a second episode. So we'll be saying goodbye to two people amidst the chaos of a merge right after the chaos of Kelly's move. Mm. Um, And the preview was of almost zero help because it just showed a bunch of people kind of running around frantically naming names. And (laughs) so basically useless. Yeah. If I had to guess... (sighs) And and I do. Um, I, I think Dan could be in trouble because we've had two different occasions to hear about his wandering hands. And I feel like they're building up to targeting him. But then on the flip side, I have to wonder, because the original Vokai knew that Tommy and Lauren were just trying to throw Dan under the bus. Or was that the original Lyro? I've gotten, no, that was the original Lyro who knew that, that they were trying to throw him under the bus. And it's not like Dan is a threat compared to Tommy or Lauren. Mm -hmm. So, but then again, Tommy and Lauren may both have their defenders among those originals because, you know, like Tommy has a lot of friends. Lauren, we know uh, with is tight with Missy, Uh, you know, and Dan could just be, a nice and easy consensus first merge boot. Yeah, he's irrelevant. Don't you remember that? That's what they said. They said he's irrelevant. Well, then maybe they agree to get rid of the irrelevant person, you know, because now I've come full circle. Um, <laughs> so, so that's going to be my prediction for the first vote. Even though every single time so far this season that I predicted a nice and easy vote, it's been something far different. Mm-hmm. So that's vote number one. For the next vote, even if there is an easy vote in the first hour, there won't be in the second. I, I think the players will get the itch again. They'll start forming new factions. Kelly has been smart, but I, I think the whole plan we just spent time discussing is going to come back to haunt her. I'm going to predict that she goes out in the second hour. See, that's interesting. You and I are kind of in, in an agreement. Uh, I was looking at, you know, who do we have left and who's going to go where kind of thing. And I think Kelly is going to be scrambling to try to find her place. And I do think that she is going to gravitate towards the old Laro um, because obviously she's going to have mm, frustrated some Vokai people. So I do think that she's going to be teaming up with someone like, you know, Missy and Elizabeth and Elaine uh, to make something happen. Um, You know, the merge. 
So I do think that she's going to be in a good place for the first vote because she is going to be an extra number. She's going to be someone that they can use to make something happen and vote out someone that I think they're going to see as a threat moving forward and someone that they talked about because they want Lauren. And in order to get to Lauren, they want to get rid of Tommy. I think Tommy is going to be in a very difficult spot come this vote. I think it's going to be Tommy. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Because I think that Missy is going to be pulling people into her little circle and Kelly will be one of those people that she'll pull in to make this happen. Okay. So that's what I think is going to happen. And I think Dan will do whatever. (laughs) But I do think, though, that once that happens, uh, I think Kelly is going to be in a difficult spot moving forward because I think they'll use her for this vote. But I agree. I think Kelly is someone that Missy will at least recognize. And I think Lauren will recognize too, uh, does need to, uh, need to cut ties with her just because she's not really going to have a set place to be. And I think they're going to be worried that she's too, um, strategic to you know, like she's, she, I think her mind is working a lot like Missy's where they're looking long-term and they're really trying to process and work things out. And I think Missy's going to see that as a threat. So I do think Kelly's going the second vote. Okay. So we're half in agreement. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, we will see what happens. Um, but uh, before then we need to wrap up here and uh, I want to encourage people to check out the RHAP patron program by heading to Rob has a website.com slash patron. Uh, Rob does you know, a ton of special things for patrons, including a bunch of patron-only podcasts, first access and discounts for live show tickets, and much more. He also, of course, has the Facebook groups where you'll find a great community of people you can talk to about Survivor, Big Brother, and much more. Go again to robhasawebsite.com slash patron, and once you get to the Facebook groups, make sure to say hello to us. Yes, and I, I know I'm not there very often. I should be there more. I apologize. But it is a great group and a very chatty group. So get ready. If you've got anything to say about any of the reality shows that you love, that is a group of people you want to have those discussions with because they are truly super fans. They love the shows that they're watching and they have very strong opinions about a lot of it, which is great because they really can get involved in some incredible banter about the shows that you love to watch with people who love to watch them as well. So yes, you absolutely should do that. And you should also follow us on Twitter. I am at Jessica Lewis 89 and David Bloomberg is at David Bloomberg. You should follow both of us to get both sides of the story. Again, it's at Jessica Lewis 89 at David Bloomberg. And you can see all of the things that we post during the show because we both live tweet. And we also uh, comment on each other's posts throughout the week. So follow us both and join in the fun. It's good stuff. That's right. If you were following me uh, this past week, you would have seen how confused I was as Kelly was explaining her plan because (laughs) I didn't get it at first. Yes. Yes. And uh, you can see the effect that David Bloomberg has on me as well, because there are times when I tweet things right before he does. (laughs) Right after. Nice try. (laughs) Come on, if people are paying attention, I'll see it. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, will they now? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, speaking of Twitter, we need a hashtag, and I don't have a great one. Uh, we kept talking about how the idol was burning a hole in her pocket. That is uh, an awful long one. Mm-hmm. Um, we could go with idol in my pocket. Um, house that Jack built. <laughs> the house Jack built. I don't even think we talked about that. No, but he, uh, he, oh, anyway, oops, fun. Yeah, I like it. In my down. brain. It burned Ooh, down. There you go. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Burn. Idle burn. Idle burn. Idle burn. Okay. I like that. There you go. There Idle you burn. go. Idle burn. Uh, so yeah, that'll be the hashtag. And of course, there's the hashtag for this podcast overall, YX Lost. Uh, before we finish up, I want to remind everyone to, uh, go to tinyurl.com slash David Rules Poster to look at the poster we discussed earlier, which covers all the rules. Also, if you go to uh, the Rob Has a Website uh, site for each individual one of our podcasts, there's an image of the poster there. You can click on that and it'll take you straight there. Yes. Um, 
Make sure you're subscribed to all of the RHAP Survivor podcasts at robhasapodcast.com slash survivor or on your favorite podcatcher. We are also on the reality TV wrap ups feed. And in both places, you can find all sorts of great content like the know-it-alls, the wiggle room, the B&B, the recap show, the voicemail show, you name it. There's, there's a ton of Survivor content. Um, thanks to Scott St. Pierre, who does all the editing on Why Blank Lost. Thanks, as always, to Will from America for the theme song. And thanks to you, Jessica, for another great episode. Well, thank you, David Bloomberg, soon to be President Bloomberg, right? (laughs) And Vice President Blaine Lewis. We're going to make this happen. Thank you for a great episode. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Scott and Will, thank you as well for the work that you do. And yeah, this will be an extra long episode next week because we do have a double to get through so hang in there everybody because it's going to be a long one but it'll well, be a unless, fun one unless we're right about it being kelly because we already talked about that the whole time here, that's so, true yeah. we really we can just have them refer to this week right. <laughs> but, but yes yeah, so thank you everyone for listening it's been fun except right. for jack well, yes, <laughs> it yeah. wasn't fun for jack yeah all right we will see everyone in a week bye bye-bye Jessica will turn it around They'll break down the rules And they'll show you how You played yourself and got voted out This is why Blank lost And this is why Blank lost Oh baby, this is why Blank lost Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.